This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. It's the holiday season, which means many of us are doing a lot of online shopping. One of the most popular places to do that is an app called Shein. The ultra-fast fashion company is one of the most downloaded apps in the U.S. And it's beloved by reality show stars and TikTok influencers alike. But it's also faced criticism for promoting inhumane working conditions and for the negative impact it has on the environment. So before you load up your cart we thought it'd be a good time to re-air an episode from earlier this year that examines the human impact behind one of the world's most popular online shopping destinations. Here's the show. Depending on how much time you've spent online over the last year, you might have started to see ads for a company called Shein. Things like, make every day your Shein day. Or you can win 250 outfits if you just click here. Shein's a Chinese company behind the explosion in ultra-fast fashion. See a sweater on Bella Hadid on Monday, and within days, you can buy your very own on Shein for dirt cheap. But like, how? Reporters Louise Metsakis and Megan Tobin for the website Rest of World have been figuring out exactly that, investigating how this company has transformed a generation's consumption habits. Zimros. This is Vice News Reports. Megan, it's really nice to meet you. Hi, it's so nice to meet you. Um, thanks for your interest in our story and for having us. Yeah, of course. It's actually like perfect timing because I feel like I've just gotten, like I've just started becoming aware of Shein. Like actually, like I keep seeing it everywhere. Are you getting the TikTok ads or something? Where where are you seeing it? Yeah, I think it's like Instagram. Oh yeah, that makes sense. It's everywhere. (laughs) So guys, what's the deal with Shein? Yeah, so this is Louise. I'm a freelance journalist covering tech in China. And you can definitely be forgiven for not really knowing what it is because it's a pretty secretive company. But Shein is one of the largest fashion companies in the world. They don't have any stores, but they're huge online. They were founded in China in 2012 and they target consumers everywhere else, basically. 
So they're huge in the US and in Western Europe. And I would say that their bread and butter is definitely selling clothes to young women. This is like, you know, the epitome of Gen Z online TikTok fashion, right? Like they sell basically all the trendy clothes that you see on Instagram. They are partnering with influencers basically in every corner of the globe. This is the place to get like, you know, the hottest crop top of the season. Hey guys, I'm back again. I think I first heard about Shein when I was seeing these hauls on YouTube. I got a Shein package because I'm going to public school literally in January and I need clothes, you know? Hi guys, I have a huge Shein haul. So let's get started. My Shein package came and I'm gonna unbox this motherfucker. So these girls would, you know, really excitedly get a giant box and they would dump it out all over their bed and it would be like hundreds of like crop tops and bikinis and jeans and leggings. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sheen Hole number five. <laughs> Next accessory I got you guys is this Ojo necklace. I've been wanting an Ojo Duh, necklace. This is so cute. These jeans are so like. And it was just material. this like really insane overabundance of clothing. Oh my god, I bought $2,000 worth of stuff. And that is my box. Yeah. My Shein box. It's muy, muy cute. There are like all these girls all over TikTok who were like showing off how they got 20 pairs of sunglasses for like $50 or whatever. I, I love sparkle. I fucking love shine glitter. And they are everywhere. Yirki Hall. Shame. If I have an order from Shane, I need to order. Don't be scared. Go for it. There's ads on Facebook. There's ads all over Instagram. There's ads on TikTok. What's up, guys? It's your girl Jane here. Welcome to the SheinX 100K Challenge. They've partnered with like influencers in from The Bachelor. And they even have this reality show. We've got Khloe Kardashian, Christian Siriano, Jenna Lyons, Moral Panties, and Law Roach. Yes! Let's check out those collections. Damn. Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is Megan. And I mean, I have to say this company has achieved a massive valuation and they are pretty secretive about exactly what the numbers might be, but they're estimated to be valued at at least $47 billion. And that makes them one of the highest valued private tech companies coming out of China right now. So they're at the apex of ultra fast fashion. In May, the company became the most popular shopping app in the U.S. on both Android and iOS. And last year, at one point, it was doing about as many sales as Zara and H&M in the U.S. combined. <laughs> Man, it's just making me feel old. Why am I suddenly seeing it all over Instagram and TikTok? Like, why now? I think that one of the reasons that Shein is exploding right now is definitely because of the pandemic. So a lot more people are shopping online. You know, once upon a time, you could go into a Zara store without a mask. And now it's a lot harder to shop in person. So I think a lot of that activity sort of shifted to Shein. And according to Bloomberg, their revenue increased 250 percent between 2019 and 2020. And they raked in about 10 billion dollars that year. Damn. So, you know, they're making a lot of money now. And so I think that's one of the reasons they were sort of quietly growing for a few years. But then over the last few years, they've really sort of exploded. So I know what fast fashion is, right? I'm thinking of brands like H&M and Zara because they cycle through trends really fast and they sell huge amounts of very cheap clothing, right? That's what fast fashion is. But you called Shein ultra fast fashion. So 
What's the distinction there? How is it different? I would say the biggest difference between fast fashion and ultra fast fashion is the internet, right? So, you know, back in the day, what fashion companies and fast fashion companies would do is they would go to Fashion Week, right? They'd go to New York Fashion Week or Milan Fashion Week, and they would watch what was on the runway, and then they would knock off those trends and put them in their own stores. And then fast fashion sort of accelerated that. So instead of, you know, every season when there's a Fashion Week, they would start putting new items in every few weeks. But ultra-fast fashion isn't paying attention to what's on the runway. They're paying attention to what's going on on social media, and they can rip things off much more quickly. And instead of, you know, maybe 100 items a week, we're talking about thousands of new items a day. Wow, that's that's unbelievable. A really good example of how Shein, like, takes ideas from social media is the story about this girl named Julia. So Julia is a 20-year-old influencer, and she's an art student, and she's from Texas. So... She was thrift shopping last year and she saw this vest, right? It was this cropped red vest with sort of like an argyle print and it was really cute and all these celebrities had been recently photographed in similar vests. So she put it on Depop, which is sort of like this app. It's kind of like eBay or Etsy, but you can sell like secondhand clothes. Um, I love it. I'm really addicted to it. But so she listed the vest there for, you know, around $20 and it sold and she didn't really think anything of it. But then within a few weeks, she was seeing the picture everywhere. So the first place she saw it actually was this defunct Chinese e-commerce site called Preguy. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but it's not around anymore. And then slowly she started seeing it travel basically like all over the internet. We found a version of Julia's picture being used to sell very similar vests by third-party sellers on Amazon and Walmart. And, And of course, we saw it on Shein. And over time, Julia watched as all these different companies were actually distorting what her body looked like. Wow. So at some point, someone like photoshopped on a hand with like long green nails and like, you know, kind of like, I think they like inverted her torso or something, but she ended up kind of looking like a cyborg. And it was so weird because she's not famous. She's kind of just like a normal girl who happens to sell secondhand clothes And all of a sudden, her picture was everywhere. And these vests were being sold by, you know, a bunch of companies. Okay, so wait, I just want to make sure I understand. She takes a picture of herself, puts it up on one website, and then cut to a few weeks later, and it's all over the internet, this picture of her body? Exactly. So now all of these companies were using it as their own product photo. And I think what's really striking about that is that it was happening within a few weeks of when she posted the picture. So that tells you that really quickly they were not only seeing this picture but they were starting to produce copies just based on the photo that's wild how does how does that even work like how do you go from this one picture of a thrifted vest to seeing it all over the internet and people being able to buy it for super cheap so Shein is this big marketplace, basically, that connects thousands of Chinese clothing factories together who all sell to consumers abroad. So it's kind of like a giant Amazon, mostly for clothes. Right. So I assume that much like Amazon, the magic sauce here is using these huge amounts of data to optimize their sales and profits. Exactly. Think of it as like an app that can tell the suppliers like, 
you know, your butt lifting camo print <laughs> leggings are selling really well, but your purple crop tops are not. That's exactly what the app does, basically. So it can sort of tell the suppliers in real time how their items are selling, which is really different from how we usually think about fashion companies, right? Where like, it's about taste, it's about right. runways, it's about like sensibility, right? But Shein is all about data. They're like collecting data about how consumers are responding. And this enables the company to release thousands of new items every day. And the new items function effectively like lures floating on the sea of the app. So shoppers see one, they bite, and then the internal management system can direct that specific supplier to ramp up their production really quickly. And they don't actually have to make that much of any of these too. So that's like another part of it is like they might only make like 200 of a particular kind of t-shirt. And if it doesn't sell, it's not a big loss. But if it does, then they can immediately make a lot more. And that's really different from a company like Zara, right? Which decides to make like, okay, we're going to make this brown t-shirt and we're going to have to ship it to hundreds of stores around the world, right? And then if it doesn't sell, we're going to have to mark it down. But that inventory is stuck in those stores. And our co-reporter, Wensi, talked to one Shein supplier who said he had made orders in as quick as 10 days and as few as 100 items at a time. So it really is this short time frame, low number of items order model. Right. Forget about seasonal fashion here. We're talking about daily fashion at this point. Yes. And instead of knocking off the latest runway styles, they're really knocking off TikTok. It's kind of like this marketplace that brings together thousands of Chinese factories with like a really nimble advertising and social media apparatus layered on top. So should we be thinking about this truly like like a startup, like a tech startup, like this is software and they have a really good marketing department? Yeah, I think that's pretty spot on. Okay, gotcha. So I actually went on the Shein app and one of the things that really stood out to me is is sort of how fun and addictive it is, right? You can just scroll on it forever, like endlessly. It's sort of like Instagram in that way. Totally. It's really intuitive. You know, if you search like bikini, I know I did this last year over the summer, I actually ended up buying some bikinis from Shein and like, you can just get lost for like, you know, an hour, just sort of like looking through all the options, but they make it really fun for you. Mm. They're doing that on purpose. Bringing this almost gamified aspect of e-commerce that kind of hooks shoppers to stay in the app and feels like a form of entertainment. That's really a model that was kind of pioneered by Chinese e-commerce platforms. And Shein's really using that strategy to win consumers in the West. So I lived in China for a couple of years. And when I came back to the US, I was actually really surprised to see the success of this model because it felt like an app version of what it feels like to go shopping in Beijing. Mm. Um, there are these huge districts where you can you know, walk down the street and it almost feels like everybody is ordering from the same trend at the same time. And shopping on Xi'an feels exactly the same way. Why aren't they targeting Gen Zers in China? I feel like Chinese Gen Z is like, I'm on Taobao. Like, I don't need this. Yeah, you know nobody I mean? needs this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so basically, it's just the rest of the world that's catching up. To the way China already shops. Yeah. Right. I think wow. that's exactly right. After the break, the other side of the app and what producing ultra fast fashion actually looks like in China. Mm-hmm. 
You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So when all of these people on the internet are like buying and basically dictating what is cool and what they need to produce more on the China side, like what happens in China? So the Chinese garment industry is already a place where factories and workers are extremely overworked. They're working really long hours. They're on their feet all day long. And they actually reported some workplace stressors that we hear from people who work in Amazon warehouses. You know, they're literally walking miles like every day. They're picking up heavy loads. And, you know, people online have feelings about this type of thing. Today, we're going to be talking about everything wrong with the Chinese wholesaler company Shein. Shein actually uploads 700 to 1,000 new items per day. Per day. Our co-reporter in China, Wenxi, spoke to a garment worker who doesn't actually make clothing for Shein, um, but she works for other distributors. And they told Wenxi that it's basically impossible to ask people to work any longer hours in the factory than they're already working. So that one worker is basically saying, you know, overtime in these factories is like the standard. That's 20 to 30,000 new items a month. You cannot make that many clothing items. So that isn't to say that, you know, every single factory has negative labor practices necessarily, but it's really difficult to ensure, you know, compliance to certain standards across this many factories at once. And is Shein taking responsibility for these bad working conditions or are they just like, we're a marketplace, this has nothing to do with us? So Shein says that they respond right away if they find that there's problems in their supply chain. But I think the issue is that when you have this many factories, it's really difficult to sort of do due diligence, right? Like you're working with different suppliers all the time. You're making so many different types of items. And their model is basically based on them offloading the risk in the first place. You know, they're offloading the risk to the individual suppliers of maintaining inventory of these particular products. Right, because Shein doesn't have its own factory. This is all like third-party factories. Exactly. All of this. Shein's close relationship with thousands of manufacturers, their souped-up use of big data and social media marketing, the fact that these clothes are simple and cheap and can basically be designed by engineers and algorithms instead of skilled designers, the gamification of the shopping experience itself. All of that is why Shein is at the top of this ultra-fast fashion game. 
Yes. All of this is what allows Shein to dominate the ultra-fast fashion industry. And once he spoke with a Shein supplier who said there's really no company who can compete with Shein. Just like if you think through it, like how are you supposed to compete, right? Like you see Bella Hadid wear this Argyle sweater vest and, you know, maybe you get lucky and you're a 20 year old and you happen to see something like it in a thrift store. But like if I'm sitting there at a fashion company 10 days from then, I am like barely just in touch with my suppliers. Like maybe I've sent a few emails. We're like talking about prototypes. And meanwhile, like it's already on Shein and like it's on a a cargo ship to like go to the first customers. Like how are you supposed to compete with that? So Shein has no competitors to speak of right now, but like, is anybody actually trying to compete? Like, are there any up and comers that we should be paying attention to? Oh yeah, there are a lot of companies that want to be the next Shein. So I would say one of the standouts right now is this company called Cider, and we ordered some clothes from there, and they're backed by one of the most legendary venture capital firms in the world called Andersen Horowitz. <laughs> and they actually called Cider a marketplace of global factories when they invested in the company. So they are definitely like on to what Shein is doing. And then actually, some of China's biggest tech companies are also trying to replicate Xi'an. So Alibaba, which, you know, runs AliExpress um, and a number of other shopping sites, they recently launched this Xi'an clone called AliLikes. Um, and ByteDance, which uh, owns TikTok, right. they're experimenting with doing similar e-commerce wow. projects as well. So I think like everyone kind of wants a slice of the Shein pie. I've been a tech reporter for a long time and it kind of always goes the same way. Like one company takes off and then everyone wants to be Uber for X, right? So I think we're definitely going to see more of these sort of like Shein for makeup, like, you know, Shein for workout wear as time goes on. Wow. Okay, so I'm curious, like, is this a good thing for the world that this is everybody wants to be the next Shein? I I think probably not. <laughs> it's probably not a good thing for the world. So one thing I really want to stress is that sometimes Shein shoppers are sort of painted as vain young women who just care about trends and want to change their crop top every week so they can get another Instagram photo. But what we actually found in our reporting, talking to shoppers and sort of looking at how Shein was being talked about online, is that people feel really ambivalent about shopping from companies like this. Mm. No one seems totally sure what the environmental impact of all this clothing is, but people are worried about it. They're worried about all the waste that's produced. They're worried about the workers who might not be treated really well who are making these clothes. And in the long run, I think a lot of people are wondering whether this is actually good for the planet. So there are a lot of complicated reasons, I think, that people still choose to shop there. But I I think that it's a mistake to sort of paint everyone who shops at Shein like as just sort of not aware or not thinking about these things. It's a big risk for the company, frankly. I I mean, of course, this stuff, the clothing is cheap. And sometimes that like is great because it fits into people's budget. One of the things that Megan and I talked a lot about in our reporting and we heard from shoppers is that Sheen is one of the only places that plus size women have a lot of options. Mm. So when you talk to shoppers like that, they say, well, what do you want for me to like get the same tunic that Torrid has been selling since 2012? Right. right? Like it's one of the only places if, if you're plus size to get really cute clothes. So I think there are a lot of reasons why people shop here. But but I also agree that, you know, you can't really solve these issues on a personal level. It's going to be a collective response. I think it can be really challenging to place all of the onus on caring about sustainability or answering some of these really complex supply chain and environmental and labor issues on consumers. You know, there's a lot of other actors involved that have the power to 
potentially affect wider scale change. Yeah, totally. So we reached out to Sheen and asked them about the accusations of having not great labor conditions in the factories that they work with. And in an email, they wrote that they, quote, take all supply chain matters seriously and are fully committed to upholding high labor standards. They added that they take immediate action if they identify that a supplier isn't adhering to its code of conduct. And, you know, we also asked them about the accusation that their fast fashion model is bad for the environment. They told us that they have recently hired a global head of sustainability. In a lot of ways, these are kind of vague responses, but obviously they're thinking about these issues because the people who buy their clothes are thinking about them too. And they're also talking about it a lot online. So I'm kind of wondering, where does this all end? Like, are we just going to keep seeing more and more products made and sold for less and less? Like, and, and to what end? I, I think that it probably doesn't end well. And for at least the next few years, we're probably going to see just like a further and a further acceleration, especially as new competitors enter the market and try and compete with Shein. But I do think that this like does stop somewhere. And, and where that stops is like, there are only so many Chinese factory workers. There are only so many like Gen Z consumers who will sort of put up with this. And I think that the questions about, you know, sustainability and the environment are only going to get louder. I think that one of the reasons that this doesn't sort of accelerate at maybe the same pace as something like Facebook or Google is that it's physical goods, right? Like you can only put so many sweater vests in a drawer. You know, if you throw them out, of course, you can buy more. But I think that eventually consumers are going to have more concerns about this, especially as the planet only keeps getting warmer. I think how quickly this stops or slows down sort of depends on governments and sort of other actors that really have the power to step in here. So after all of this reporting, knowing everything you know now, are you going to keep shopping at Shein? I think kind of like anything, it's like me personally abstaining is probably not going to do that much. But I think I would be really, um, you know, hesitant to make Shein sort of like the main place that I bought clothes. And, and I, I don't want to do that. But but I think that um, my, my feelings about it are sort of ambivalent. Mm-hmm. I think that the people online who are like never shop at Shein, like you're evil if you do, like it's just not that simple. And that's a really like sort of consumerist mindset, I guess. Yeah, I think that's fair. Guys, I feel much smarter after this conversation. I feel like I really learned a lot. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. This was great. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This 
This story was reported by Louise Matsakis, Megan Tobin, and Wensi Chen, and produced by Sophie Casis. Vice News Reports is also produced by Jen Kinney and Sarah Cavedo. Our senior producers are Ashley Cleek, Adiza Egan, and Sam Greenspan. Our associate producers are Steph Brown, Sam Egan, and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, Natasha Jacobs, and Kyle Murdoch. Our executive producer and the VP of Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Janet Lee is senior production manager for Vice Audio. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. I'm Ariel Zemros. I know I say this at the end of every episode, but I still mean it. If you could take the time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, it would really make a big difference and help other people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week. <laughs>